This is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist, keeping my eye on the economy every day for you, with no bluster, no bias, and no bull. May 21, 2020. Several economic releases came out today. The first one was initial jobless claims for the week of May 16. For the prior week, claims were 2.687 million. The forecast for this most recent week was 2.375 million, and the actual was 2.438 million. So less than the prior week, but more than forecast. The next release was Philadelphia Fed Business Outlook Survey which is pretty much an outlook on the uh, on the manufacturing sector. And uh, for April, the index was at minus 56.6. The forecast for May was minus 41, and the actual for May was minus 43.1. So a little bit worse than expected. The PMI composite flash came out, and that this is basically a look at uh, manufacturing and services. The composite level uh, in April was 27.4, forecast for May was 30.2, actual was 36.4, so better than April and better than expected. <clears throat> the manufacturing index was uh, 36.9 in April, forecast for May was 37.5, actual was 39.8, better than April and better than expected. Services was 27 in April, forecast for May was 30. Actual was 36.9, better than April and better than expected. So, slightly better numbers than expected for manufacturing and services for the PMI composite flash. This is for the whole nation. Uh, so that's a, a sliver of good news. Existing home sales plunged again in uh, March. Sales were 5.27 million, the forecast for May or April was 4.325 million and the actual was 4.33 million. So worse than March, but slightly better than forecast. Sales were down 17.8% month over month compared to being down 8.5% in March. And in March, sales were down, sales were up 0.8% year over year, but they were down 17.2% in April. Some uh, little more detail on existing home sales. It was the lowest level of sales since July 2010. Sales fell in every region, uh, the most in the West, at 25% down. But prices rose in every region. Uh, 4.1 months of supply was on the market, up from 3.4 in March. Six months supply is generally considered well-balanced, so 4.1 months is less than a balanced market, uh, which is helping to prop up prices. Median price was 286800 up 7.4% uh, from the prior year. Sales were at a 13-year high in February before the pandemic hit. State reopenings and low interest rates are helping to drive rising demand. However, sellers have not come back as quickly as buyers, but we are seeing some signs of a, a little bit of a pickup. And one more thing was a, oh, the leading, leading economic indicators index. This one was uh, down 6.7, down 7.4% in March. That was the revised figure. The forecast for April was minus 5.9% and the actual was minus 4.4%.
So not as bad as expected and not as bad as March. The Leading Economic Indicators Index is a compilation of 10 sub-indices. And the biggest uh, weight on the, uh, I should say the biggest negative contribution to the overall index was the average work week, which was minus 1.82 percentage points. And the average weekly initial jobless claims was minus 1.44 percentage points. And also bad was the ISM New Orders Index, which is a measure of new orders for manufacturing. That was minus 0.58 percentage points. And billing permits was also a negative contribution of minus 0.68 percentage points. We did see... Uh, as I mentioned uh, yesterday, stock prices contributed positively 0.16 percentage points. And also contributing positively was the interest rate spread between the 10-year Treasury yield and the federal funds rate, which added 0.07 percentage points. Oh, and average consumer expectations for business conditions uh, was minus 0.12 percentage points. So again, the biggest uh, uh, negative contributions were from the average work week uh, for production workers and the average weekly initial claims. Now, uh, uh, I'll just uh, read this quick little article here about some uh, things that were said by New York Fed President John Williams today. Uh, he says that uh, the Federal Reserve maintains remains open to taking more steps as needed to support the recovery, though negative interest rates are not on the table. Williams answering questions during a webcast with a regional business group said the economic outlook and the likely course of interest rates remain unclear. The Fed will use its tools to the utmost to support the recovery, he said. <clears throat> how long interest rates stay low depends on how the economy is doing, and that hinges on the course of the pandemic. It will take a while for the economy to recover. Williams said the U.S. can afford more fiscal stimulus, and the only question is how to design it. It remains to be seen whether more fiscal monetary stimulus will be needed. Williams mentioned Fed policymakers have been meeting at least weekly during the current crisis. Negative interest rates are not on the table. The Fed has focused on ensuring credit is flowing in the economy, and negative interest rates would be counterproductive, given likely adverse effects on the financial system. Negative rates are not, on the, uh, are not the right tool for what we want to accomplish, he said. We have the tools without getting into negative interest rates. We're going to deploy those tools. Earlier in his prepared remarks, Williams detailed the array of steps of the Fed has taken to address the economic crisis. These are extraordinary times, and the Fed is taking extraordinary actions to ease the economic pain. This is anything but a typical recession, and it has called for a new set of measures to address the economic consequences of the virus. Amid all the change we are experiencing, you can be assured of one thing, our unwavering commitment to limit the economic damage from the pandemic and foster conditions for a strong and sustained recovery. All right. Now on to uh, a couple of notes from a video uh, that was talking about the economy Fed actions might benefit financial markets more than the general economy, one uh, analyst said. Uh, economic forecasts will be difficult. Initial jobless claims are being very closely watched by the Fed. And a uh, big reason is because it's higher frequency. It's every week rather than monthly or quarterly. And it's not, there's, uh, there's very little delay in the data. So 
it's one of the leading indicators for uh, the Fed to look at in terms of how the economy is doing. And there are so many unknowns, uh, or so many unknowns are health-related, which is not the Fed's area of expertise. So this is definitely a different kind of crisis. It's not a financial, I mean, it's not a financial crisis, it's an economic crisis right now, but the main driver of it is the healthcare crisis, of course. And they, and they do not have experience in that area. So that's just making it much more difficult to figure out what's the best uh, thing to do and what are the best tools to deploy to help the economy. Now for, for some notes uh, uh, from Dave Fano, the former WeWork chief growth officer and now the founder of a company called Teal, which helps people to navigate the, the job search and, and career planning. He says, job hunting is like sales, and it really is. I mean, you're, you're pretty much selling your, uh, your skills to companies. Uh, Teal is a place uh, to talk about your career issues with other people that are going through kind of the same issues. Pressures on running an office space will be higher than ever. Specialization will be more than ever. Building a cohesive culture will be harder than ever. Companies will have to come up with new ways to share things in the sharing economy. And the good thing is that companies are getting creative during the pandemic. And that's a good segue into uh, this next article I read from Ladders, which is a career services company. Uh, this article was detailing the changing, the changes that uh, could be coming or are already happening in the workplace. Uh, desks will be placed further apart. Partitions may be installed. Employees may have to wear masks. Staggered work hours to limit the number of people in the office at one time. More remote work. Changes to communal spaces. Hand sanitizer stations in common areas. Changes to HVAC systems to increase the amount of fresh air. Rules and guidelines for common areas. Companies reducing or even eliminating office space entirely. More flexibility around work hours. Employers face big challenges with liability regarding health and safety. Employees will still have anxiety and worries about health and safety. More flexibility around employee needs to keep people safe. Might see some companies give certain employees a small private workspace to make them feel more comfortable. Companies might allow employees to come in on the weekends to limit exposure to other workers. Employees can band together to air their concerns if they don't feel safe or feel like their rights are not being met. Um, it is my... Con my it is my... Uh, uh, prediction that uh, this could get out of hand very quickly. Um, you know, if, if if employees get together and they say, we need this and we need this, uh, well, well, let's try to ask for this too. Oh, what about this? And what about this? So I have a very strong feeling that employees are going to ask for more than they really need and they're really going to be pressuring companies to change to meet their demands. And... Um, it it could get it could get ugly. I don't know. We'll have to see. That's just my prediction. It will take time for employees to get used to being back in the office with so many changes. Expectations will change regarding productivity if companies go to a permanent remote work environment. More flexibility around time off. More healthcare plans are likely to become detached from jobs and companies. Some employers will offer offer additional health benefits like priority access to appointments and certain types of doctors. Company values may change to better serve employees. 
a good opportunity to uh, right now is a good opportunity to put contingency plans in place for the next inevitable disruption. The same old rules and conventions are not going to apply or work going forward. Both employer, both employers and employees are going to need to break old rules and conventions to survive and deal with disruption. All right, now for an update on the coronavirus. Uh, as of yesterday, the death rate for the world was 6.48%, down from 6.51% the prior day. The fatality growth rate was 1.5%, up from 1.4% the prior day. For the United States, the death rate was 5.97%, up from 5.96% the prior day. And the fatality growth rate was 1.6%, down from 1.7% in the prior day. And now for my uh, unemployment tip number 29 on how to stay sane during unemployment. Uh, tip number 29 comes under the third commandment of try new things. Tip number 29 is uh, meet new people and try new so social organizations. Uh, I think uh, meetup.com is a, is a pretty well-known uh, website where you can meet up with other people. Although most of the meetups right now, if not all of them, are, are virtual. But still, you can meet new people and, and uh, learn new things from them and, and uh, develop new connections. And uh, that can certainly help you going forward in normal times, but also uh, right now. Because uh, uh, it's a great use of your time to get online and talk with other people so that you have uh, a, you know, a, lot, a bigger and stronger network for when the pandemic subsides. Um, and you might have to look for a new job. So uh, new people and new, and new social organizations uh, are the tip for today. Uh, there are many industries that have industry associations as well that you can look into. That's all I have for today, a rather short one today. Uh, please subscribe or follow me if you like what you hear. Spread the word. You can look at, listen to previous episodes for previous tips on how to stay sane during unemployment. And let's see what is coming up for tomorrow. Ah, there are no economic releases for tomorrow, so we'll see what I come up with. Uh, tune in tomorrow to see what uh, what I share about the economy. That's all for today. Please stay safe, stay sane. This is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist. Have a good day. Thanks for listening.